Hello everyone and welcome to the newest episode for Anime Talk. So, Happy New Year, first of all. And I just actually realized when I did Season 1 for every other um, episode that we had, actually kind of coincides with basically saying 2021. So Season 1. Now that we are uh, 2022, uh, it's now Season 2. So pretty cool, I would say. I mean, I didn't expect it to have this kind of, you know, coincidence with it. But pretty awesome. So as for anime talk, so this year I'm going to have a little bit of a difference uh, moving forward for anime talk. Um, This difference is not that huge. And something that I will be testing out from the next episode because, you know, for this episode, I just want to, you know, do it the usual way. But from the next episode, I'll have one particular subject and topic in mind i will talk about it first which is of course related to anime and then we are going to move towards the you know um mangas and reviews of them so yeah i thought that you know basically why not talk about animes and stuff like that and it'd be pretty fun i guess and uh, if there are any subjects you have in mind why not tell me and i'll talk about it and um So without any further ado, so let's just get into it because if you haven't heard, there are some pretty cool developments that have happened in the anime world. For one, a certain manhwa, is that how they pronounce it? I guess, uh, called Solo Leveling is being made by uh, Funimation and MAPPA uh, premiering in Spring 2022. So, I have no idea what this is. I heard of it. I have heard of it. But I actually thought it was a manga, not manhwa. What is that even? I mean, manhwa? Sounds very weird when you say it. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, people seem to like it. They're like, wow, this is exciting and stuff like that. And maybe this paves the way for more of these manhwas being animated. I don't know. I mean... Honestly, I have no idea what it is, so I'm not gonna, you know, pretend that I know. So, yeah, if you're a fan of solo leveling, be happy, it's coming. Next to that, in the year 2022, we have lots of new things to look forward to. This includes, but is not limited to, Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 2, maybe Attack on Titan Movie, Chainsaw Man Yuri on Ice, the movie, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero getting a release for home basically um my Hero academia season six and movie free being released on blu-ray in about a month's time we also have uh what else do we have there's lots of crap like made in abyss new season we have tokyo revengers christmas arc which today i'm going to talk about tokyo revengers we have demon slayer already um but you know very exciting still it's going to be a banging season and um, hopefully Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 premieres this year. There's so much, actually. I'm pretty sure I'm missing a lot. But 2022 is going to be one hell of a year for anime fans. We're just going to have lots of anime. And I'm pretty excited. Because, you know, honestly, some of these are some things I have waited for a long time. For example, Season 6 of My Hero Academia. One of the things that I'm that I've been waiting for a long time to see animated. So hopefully it'll be great. So hopefully no more My Hero Academia movies this year that can ruin it. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Bones, the studio Mob Psycho 100 Part 3 will also premiere this year as well. Pretty exciting year, honestly. I mean, so many great things. So many great things. So now let's move on to manga reviews because honestly... This week, we have to talk about Tokyo Revengers, and I'm sure some people will not like what I have to say. So, let's get into it, and as always, I will have timestamps for you, so you if you want to know where there will be spoilers, or when, you can simply dodge them and be like, yay, I'm fine. Alright? Alright. So let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's start with... The usual, My Hero Academia's new chapter, chapter 339. Let's go.
All right, let's begin. So My Hero Academia's newest chapter, if you don't remember the last time uh, we saw Deku and everybody else, they were talking to um, Ayama, finding out what's happening and things like that. And then they said, okay, we have... A, actually, Aizawa said that he has a plan that they're going to do and together they're going to basically stop the villains and do so many crazy things. So saying that... Um, then they decide to do something, and of course we don't know what that plan is, but then we see that Deku and, uh, you know, um, why did I forget? Ida. Ida want to go to Hatsume to basically um, fix her costumes and everything that has happened to it. So they go to the development studio, and as they get there, as usual, there's an explosion, and this time... Uh, Hatsume falls on top of Deku again, but this time in a worse <laughs> position than usual. So she does, and then the newest chapter begins with seeing Hatsume laughing and adjusting her goggles. She apparently is creating something that makes her fly. I mean, looking at it, it's kind of weird. I mean, I see some wings attached to her, which have the numbers 1, 2, 3, so probably the numbers of the blades for the wings and she's wearing some goggles that actually looks like i don't know the beak of a bird or something so maybe she was trying to fly so yeah we are shown um hatsume and uh she's laughing and then she's like sorry about that what do you guys want and then, <laughs> you know, Deku is embarrassing. Oh, crap, my danger sense didn't work and stuff like that. Uh, you know, because of the explosion. And, you know, Ida, of course, laughs and is like, dude, they were just breasts. Don't worry about it. And Hatsume is wearing her, I don't know, her work pants or something. Because she was wearing, like, you know, um, skirt. Probably to fly with make more sense but now she's wearing her work pants and then of course Ida talks to Hatsume saying that you know we need some repairs there's some things that we need to be done and Hatsume is very confused like you know I, I, you know how she is she's always smiling and when she's confused she's like huh <laughs> so she's confused saying okay so take them to the Aidama <laughs> Take them to the item office, you know, as per usual for the heroes. But then Ida says that, you know, we cannot count on the office because, you know, they are crippled at the moment because of the amount of work that they have to do. So we thought that maybe you guys could actually help us. And then again, being so cheer cheerful, she just heals and says, is that right? I see. And Ida's like, huh? And then she's like, huh? <laughs> it's so funny. And then Deku suddenly understands that she has no idea what's going on outside. She's just oblivious to it all. And you know, these few panels with Hatsume is so funny. Because basically, you know, she's just like smiling as always and being oblivious. And Deku is just shocked, thinking like, how do you not know what's happening? Then, of course, we see Power Loader, the manager for Development Studio. Uh, comes out and says that uh, why do you always create an explosion Hatsume just do a normal project for once and sh he just says that okay fine if you want repairs come with us don't worry about it and then we see then we see the development studio which seems way bigger than the last time we saw it and we see that they've been working on so many things there's so many people working in the studio and they actually have been working on the UA barrier. You actually see the blueprints of it. So it's pretty awesome, honestly. I mean, I don't think we've seen it like this. So Ida actually says what we're thinking, saying that this place has changed a lot. And Paraloader says that, well, you know, we've been uh, developing the barrier and we are the ones controlling it. So yeah, we had to do some things here. So then... Deku shows the mid gauntlet to Hatsume, and you know, Hatsume being Hatsume, you know, she's like, she's doing like a limbo style of looking at the gauntlet. So, and then, you know, Hatsume looks at it and says, okay, this is your mid gauntlet. You know, it, 
uses latest compression technology and stuff like that. And, you know, then Deku says that, yeah, it is, but, you know, this is from the overseas. You know, it's not that easy to find. It's a prototype, so can you please fix it? And Hatsume then says, you know, are you in a hurry or something? And Deku very seriously, putting his fist up, looks at her and is like, yeah. To which she says, I can do it, bye. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, she starts moving away saying that, you know, basically because of the damage that these have taken, it would, you know, basically you have to make basically a new one. And, you know... Uh, this compression technology requires something called condenium, which they have none of right now. So she says, "Impossible." Bye. <laughs> she's and you know, as Deku knows, she's walking away at an impossibly fast speed. So then Ida suddenly yells that you know, dude, I need my armor, my armor. And she says, "Sorry, no spec, no spec sheet." And <laughs> then Ida's like, "What the hell?" So then two other support students they come out and they're like okay fine we'll, we'll do it for you don't worry about it you know we are her classmates after all and we will help you don't worry about it but then you know Ida's like this is kind of strange I mean given how she's a geek uh, you know machine geek and stuff like that you know she would probably take up this offer and do everything right because you know, she loves tinkering with stuff but then you know, Deku just, you know, goes next to her and says, okay, at least tell us what are you working on. And she shows him, saying that, you know, we're working on evacuation blocks. That, you know, they are flying. And she's happy with that. And, you know, Paraloader then keeps on saying that, you know, when uh, the time came to strengthen the barrier, Hatsume was asked to help because of her genius. And when... The time of evacuation uh, arises, which this can be a very much a foreshadowing. I mean, definitely they want to do, do do something like that in the upcoming arc, maybe. Uh, she apparently comes up with uh, new uh, mechanisms on a whim, which basically means that, yeah, she's a super genius. We already knew that. She's amazing. So, uh, Parloder says that, you know... Uh, Hatsume has a lot of energy and she has great ideas. So that's her strong point. And that's why we use her. So then Hatsume suddenly yells saying that... Now this is a very cool thing she says. She says that a brilliant idea can become outdated after even just a minute. With that in mind, I gotta grow my babies to be bigger and better. That's my motto. And yeah, that's exactly what she would say. Given that her character always invents so many stuff to the point that you're like dude take a break i would say that yeah this fits in with her character so well with the thing that she says yeah she she is always making some crazy stuff so um you know midoriya then finally understands you know because of the things that she's always doing creating stuff and you know being as busy as she is that's why she probably had no idea what was going out outside and you know he's actually impressed that she's able to be immersed so much uh, with her inventions that she is oblivious to the world and then Ahatsume says okay you're just basically too naive and you, you're probably as soft as polyester and <laughs> Deku's like okay what do you mean and then Hatsume says you know I am aware of the fact that you guys have some issues right now. But we cannot fight in a battle. We support heroes. That's why in order to protect more people than you guys. We are constantly making new gadgets. And then she says that we are the same. Inventions are the support class's way of being heroes. She's right you know. I mean. She's a little bit you know out of her mind at times. But you know that's exactly right. I mean. Honestly, if support class wasn't there, I would name at least a few heroes that could not do what they do right now. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, look at it. Like, for example, Deku. If Deku didn't have the support class, how could he use, like, you know, his, his gloves for air force, for control, 
or um, you know shoot style that he sorry that he actually created so something like that or for example this costumes like how would they get it fixed or repaired I would say that yeah supporters have a lot of tough jobs to do alongside everything else and honestly uh, you know this is basically something amazing that they're doing so anyways Hatsume then immediately throws something to Deku's face which makes Deku's face go in and he looks like you know his face looks like something that I cannot say but you guys get the idea I mean it looks like a you know butthole that's easier way of saying it so she says making an exact copy is impossible and she says that basically they are not on the same level as what Midoriya had but they will do the job for now so we see that you know basically Midoriya's uh, gloves that he had before have been connected to these gauntlets which apparently can retract so that's pretty cool so that means that basically that Midoriya needs to put them on they go on and you know he can do it so I would say definitely they're probably not on the level that Melissa created but better than nothing I guess and then Deku's like you included the gloves as well and he says that you know did you create this right now with your left hand because with her right hand she was actually typing and doing something for the barriers and so He's like very thankful, saying thank you very much and stuff like that. <laughs> she throws the same thing, another thing to Ida's face, making his face look like a butthole as well. <laughs> With his glasses, like, pulled into his face. And she says, I couldn't replicate your previous armor in full detail, but I hope this will do the trick. And he's like, thank you very much. And then the classmates of Hatsume that wanted to help, they're like, dude, we didn't even measure these guys. Like, what the hell? And Hatsume is like, uh, you know, saying that tell everyone that victory will be ours. Don't worry about it. So then, uh, Sero is like, you guys came back really quickly, and <laughs> you know, Midoriya is wearing his gaunt uh, gauntlet and gloves, and Ida's wearing his armor, and Sero is like, okay, so your faces will be back to normal, right? Because it looks so bad. And then you know we have Mount Lady. Uh, who says that, you know, I know that what you guys have been through, we cannot let a single day go to waste, so we have to basically eliminate Liberation Front and the League of Villains, they are our top priority, we have to take the shortest route to solve this matter at once, and they want to confuse us and things like that, so let's just be strong and get it done. And then we see, you know, the classmates, you know, for example, you know, Mina. Mina's actually the one saying that, you know, uh, will Ayama help us? And Deku's like, I believe in him. And, you know, his face, at, at when he says I believe in him, is still, like, the butthole. But then he fixes and comes out, and we actually see the lines that show that, you know, his face came back. And he says that, you know, I'm sure Ayama will help us. And Bakugo is like, all right, as, soon, as, as long as he doesn't get in my way, that's fine by me. And Todoroki's like, yeah, don't worry about him. I'm I'm certain that he already knows what he wants to become. It's fine. He's going to help us. So then um, basically uh, they're like, okay, it's time to swap. We got to move and work around Midoriya. So uh, they create this search party that they want to look for, you know, the villains. Then we are shown the Kansai region with Nejiro, Fatgum, and of course, you know, uh, the other guy that could eat food and develop powers. Forget his name. Sun Eater. Thank you, Nejiro. So, uh, they saved a few people. So, and we also said Nejiro has a new a haircut because, you know, she had her hair burned. Uh, so, basically, uh, they saved a few people, and uh, a you know one of the people they saved is hugging Sun Eater, and they're asking like, "Is everyone fine?" And <laughs> Sun Eater is like, "Oh crap, help me!" And says, "Yes, everything's fine. Don't worry." And you know, then we see you know the the person who was rescued just you know uh, <laughs> doing his best to thank Sun Eater, saying, "Yeah, thank you so much." We got attacked out of nowhere, that was so scary. 
you know, uh, we were in the countryside and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, it's fine, don't worry about it. And then Fat Gum says that we are going to take you to Shiketsu. Because it's a fortress right now, just like UA. So then, the kid that they saved wants to <laughs> see Sunny Eater's face and it, he's trying to take off uh, the hoodie from him. And he's like, dude, stop! And then we see the dragon hero saying that, you know, if the number of people keeps dwindling, there will be a short drop in uh, available information for us. We cannot let that happen. This is very challenging. And Fat Gum is like, don't worry about it. If, you know, there's, if push comes to shove, the next battle is going to be completely different to the two surprise attacks we attempted before. And we will have to do with everything that we have. We will have to do basically everything. So All Out War is brewing. And then we see All Might, who says that uh, we have all our arrangements done for our backup plan. We are ready for the decisive second war. So, basically this was what happened in the chapter. Basically we saw a huge chunk of it was, you know, basically Midoriya and Ida getting their costume and things fixed. And then we see that, you know, the heroes are not in a good position right now. They don't have a lot of information, but they seem to have a plan that with this plan, maybe they use Ayama or not to finally understand like what All For One is doing or where he is, which is actually really, uh, you know, um, risky plan right now because of the fact that we don't know if All For One is doing something next to it or if Ayama is even trustworthy. So things are not looking good for the heroes right now, but they are doing their best. They are doing their absolute best to do it. And they seem to have a backup plan, which makes me really interested to see, okay, what is a backup plan? And what is, like, what's going on right now? What's, uh, what are the different things that are happening? Like, so, uh, for one, I'm actually very curious to see, you know, what Stain wants to do. Will he help the heroes or not? Um, I want to see more, like, you know, about everything uh, about you know the villains right now see what they're planning to do you know how will they actually um cope with the current situation that they have there's so much that we don't know but my you know uh prediction is that right now we will probably see some teases from here and there from all might and his team we're gonna see some teases from the villains and then of course we for the next chapter i'm pretty sure we're gonna see the class 1A, but by this point they should be class 2A, but still, um, we'll see them in action. Um, see, you know, they search and fight some small-time villains, capture them, and do what they do best. So, that is my prediction for the next week, and I would say, you know, since this is the, um, like, we're in the final year of My Hero Academia, I'm actually very excited that I want to see, like, you know, what uh will be going on but honestly i'm very excited for everything because you know at this point it's just you know war as they said said it themselves it's war there's no other way around it we're gonna see them fight we're gonna see them have a huge fight but you know most of the, most, most thing that i'm actually uh very curious about the one thing that i'm very curious about is like you know how uh, Tomura will actually recover. Will the quirks come back? Has All For One lost his quirks right now because he transferred the power to Shigaraki? Can he use it? Maybe if he can use it, can actually give the powers back to Shigaraki? There's a lot of questions that I have right now, but I don't think that we're gonna see the, um, you know, um, answers to them right away. So I'm very excited for them. Hopefully we'll get a lot of answers, but it's actually very exciting at this point. I mean, there's a lot that's happening, and I hope that we get a lot of answers that we need. But very exciting time indeed. Very exciting. So let's see what uh, will come up in the future arc. And I'm very excited to for all of it. I mean, this is an arc that, as it says, how they all became heroes. So very exciting to see everyone's powers at play and maybe something new that they learned. Especially, you know, with Ida and Ochako, the friends, 
uh, of Midoriya, seeing how Baku can now work with Midoriya, Todoroki's new powers, so much to look forward to. So guys, let's see what happens next week, but for now, let's go to Jujutsu Kaisen, because that one, that one I have some words to say about it. Okay, so, Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, before I start, I just want to criticize it for one little thing. Why is it taking so long? Like, I look at something like My Hero Academia, and you know, the way the panels are made and stuff like that. You get to see a lot of the story happen right away, right? You're pretty okay with that. You see, okay, that's, that's a lot of story, that's a lot of cool things that are happening. And it moves on. With Jujutsu, it doesn't feel like that recently, it just feels like... And this is after, you know, we saw uh, Megumi's fight. I don't know why it feels like maybe... Um, maybe Akutami doesn't have an idea of how to move forward, so he's buying time. Because it sometimes feels like that. Sometimes it feels like you know, it's moving way too slowly. The panels are way too big, so he can do more shots there, things like that. I don't know. It feels weird, but I would say that, you know, honestly, I, I would love to see more story getting out. But still, we are now in this particular fight where, you know, uh, you know I, I think this chapter actually did way better job than the other ones. Thank God it moved forward way better than the last times. So, anyways, we see that Reggie is now fighting uh, Megumi. So, the fight is going on, and we see that Megumi is using his uh, Shikinami, I believe, was the name. I don't want to mix it up with Shikigami from Death Note. So, yeah, Shikinami. Shikinami, and he uses the elephant one. So, Regi actually, you know, dodges, and, you know, the elephant attacks, and they are fighting, and suddenly, uh, Megumi actually attacks from uh, higher up. And Reggie actually knows that he's doing that, so it's kind of pretty cool that he knows that he's going to attack. However, Megumi, when he attacks, and he attacks with his big-ass sword, he's attacking with the rabbits. The rabbits get captured by um, Reggie's technique. It's like, you know, a whip kind of thing that comes and you know, grabs all these guys. So then he says that his power is called Contract Object reproduction kind of cool so then he recreates uh, some knives and sends it towards Megumi to which Megumi actually you know stops them and you know the uh, rabbits get hurt so the Shikigami Shikigami not Shini Shinigami that was for them <laughs> Shikigami is for this one okay I get it I get it now so the rabbit Shikigami he Regi finally understands that it's different from the others and they still keep popping up no matter how many he kills. So, um, you know, he basically uh, mixes it also with water attacks. So he understands that Megumi knows what his power is all about. So the curse technique that Regi actually uses is basically he's covered in receipts. So I didn't know what was he covered in because no one knew. I mean, it was just a very weird costume. So it turns out he's covered in receipts, and with his techniques, he can use these uh, re these receipts or something like that to create that object and use it. So that's why exactly Megumi says he says you know you conjure the content of a receipt, and uh, you know Regi also says it's kind of hard to describe. He calls it reproduction of a contract. So he suddenly you know burns the. Um, one of the receipts that he has and he suddenly starts to freshen up. So he says that he used the receipt for a Starry Sky 5-star Japanese inn and he kind of healed himself. So he says you know, that is his curse technique, that is what he can do. So the water attack that of course Megumi uses is going to basically destroy these receipts. Of course, you know, when you, you know, attack with water, you destroy it. So, that's what he was trying to do, which basically shows how smart Megumi actually is. This is like, I don't know how many times he's done it, but you know, so many times he's just, you know, looked at someone and was like, yeah, I know your technique. So, uh, then Regi says that, you know, now I'm actually 
really uh, well rested because of that technique and that receipt so now he's feeling much better but Megumi is now wounded he is not that more powerful and he used multiple Shikigami so now he's exhausted so then of course Megumi is thinking to himself being like I often use multiple of these Shikigamis simultaneously and the problem is that Max Elephant uh, is normally used alone but I used it with the rabbits so then Reggie observes and says that you know you can summon or dismiss them very easily but when they are hurt uh, they probably won't work that won't work that way anymore right and you cannot summon your all-rounder dog which can run attack and defend because of that you are forced to use a combination of your shikigami which each one has only a single talent so then he notes saying that you know we are now in a war of attrition where neither side has a high power technique so you cannot kill me so then megumi is like okay fine i'll run away then the bird shikigami grabs him and goes away and we see regi using drones his receipt to follow megumi so he burns up another receipt and creates a motorcycle and goes after megumi uh, Megumi, of course, goes into a gymnasium, and uh, Regi, of course, knows, is like, oh, okay, you're there. So, he he's wondering, like, you know, is he putting him in a trap? Is he running away? Is he luring him in? What's going on? But then he wants to basically, he's then wondering, like, should he burn this whole building down? Or just play with the guy, you know, with Megumi? So then... Megumi gets there and is like, huh, this is the right size. To which the reader is probably thinking, what size? And Reggie's like, okay, what are you up to? You know, basically, you know, uh, what are you trying to do? And then Megumi's like, I thought you were setting me up for something. And then he says, you know, lying is what matters to us sorcerers and things like that. And then we see two trucks trying to attack Megumi. To which, basically, Megumi just lays on the ground and nothing happens to him. What the hell? How is he so cool? How did he do it? But as soon as he gets up, we see two uh, plant pots suddenly, you know, get from the sky. They appear and they hit him on the head. And then Reggie hits him or, you know, shanks him with a knife. To which Megumi is trying to defend. And then, of course, Reggie uses a carrot. Actually, a radish, sorry, it says here, right here, radish, which turns into a knife, again, what the hell, and hits Megumi. To which, you know, Megumi is right now not in a very good place. So, then, Regi explains a little bit further, saying that, you know, the objects I have reproduced are like Shikigami. I can grant them simple orders. Knives don't normally fly now, do they? So, uh, so then he says that, you know, I probably ask you, but... You'll probably won't answer because of who you are, so, you know, just, I'm just gonna ask. So, he says, if you give me your points, I will give you a, um, you know, painless death, right? And he says that, then, so, you know, Megumi is just, you know, silent for a little bit and says, you know, barrier techniques are very difficult. I just can't grasp the sensation of superimposing an artificial space of different scale onto real space. Then Reggie's like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he says, you know, that is why I like to transform the space of this gym into my domain. And then he uses domain expansion. And as he calls it, Chimera Shadow Garden. Huh? And then... Reggie's like, holy crap, he's powerful. And then you know, Megumi just looks at him and says, you know, I never said that I don't have a powerful technique. He's right, he never said it. Actually, he never did. So then, that is it. They're going to fight like this. It is so badass. Wow, that is so cool. Like, imagine, like... It was only a few chapters ago that we were thinking like, okay, does he have this power? Can he use it? Will he use it? Because we didn't know what was going on. We knew that he has like this um, 
domain expansion, but he never uses it because he thinks that it's not ready. And he did say that he had issues with controlling it or projecting it. So getting Reggie into a place like this means that basically uh, he has more of a chance to do it. Like he said, he this is the right size. So now he can project it here and turn it into his domain. And honestly, we never know, we never knew like, you know, these different aspects of domain expansion. Like, you know, the first time, you know, when, for example, Gojo used it, we were like, wow, that's so cool, they can use it that easily. Or another one uses it, we were like, wow, it's easy. But turns out it's not really that easy. Every domain expansion is different. Some of them are defensive, some of them are not even offensive or defensive, or just basically an expansion. And there's so many different things to each domain expansion. And the fact that we are learning all of this is really cool because honestly I would love to see each of these characters that we are invested in get their own domain expansion because then it's the you know ace card up their sleeve. So seeing Megumi actually use it and having a very cool name makes me excited. And honestly, given how powerful Megumi is, I really want to see what this power does. He's definitely winning, he's definitely going to destroy Reggie at this point, and I don't think that Reggie stands a chance at this point, but, you know, honestly, it's very exciting, I mean, looking at it, like, you know, Megumi's just like, yeah, this is my domain now, bitch, get ready to die, <laughs> it's so cool, and honestly, yeah, you know, I, I am very excited for it, I am very excited, I think that this is going to be um, such an awesome showcase of power for Megumi, of all people, and I'm pretty sure Reggie will do his best to fight back, but I think Megumi has this in the bag. I'm probably sure he's going to use water to, you know, destroy the receipts, all of them, and make this guy just lose. I don't think that he will kill him, by the way. I don't think so. But I'm very excited to see his power. I have no idea what his domain expansion is going to be like. I don't want to think about it because I want to be surprised because, you know, when I think about it, it can be either, you know, overhyping myself or underhyping myself. I prefer to just, you know, wait to see what happens. But still, it is very exciting. Like, this is the first time he's using it. And obviously, he's going to have some issues. But he said it's the right size, so maybe he won't. Maybe he will. Maybe in the next chapter, he will be a badass and just, you know, kick ass left and right. Maybe we will see him have a little bit of a problem with it? I don't think so. I think that, you know, because he said this is the right size and, you know, that he confidently did it, I don't think he's gonna have that much of a problem. He's gonna kick ass. He looks really cool doing it. So that's it for Jujutsu Kaisen's newest chapter, which I believe is chapter 170. So now, let's get into Tokyo Revengers, because there's a lot I want to talk about. And I will make it, you know, as fast as possible so that, you know, it won't be that long. But be warned, this is going to talk about the manga. So you will be spoiled. You will be. All right. All right. So let's get into it. And <laughs> there's so much to talk about. And, you know, from this point on, every week we are going to talk about the Tokyo Revengers manga's newest chapter as well. So it's not just going to be Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and Dragon Ball. It will be, um, of course, uh, what was the name? Tokyo Revengers as well. And if I finish Chainsaw Man before the second part comes, then we will add that as well. Alright, so let's get into it and see what Tokyo Revengers is all about. Okay, let's talk about Tokyo Revengers. Now, I read the manga and watched the anime in a span of two days. And here's the reason why I did that and why I'm going to explain a few things so that you don't think like, you know, there's like a lot of paradoxical things here going on. First of all, I enjoyed the anime. The anime was good. Not perfect, not masterpiece, not something that... I would think it sells 40 million copies of, not not that much, but enjoyable, very enjoyable. It was an idea that had been done before, but it had some, you know, um, good ideas that made me want to watch and continue watching. Now, 
then I decided to read the manga because I thought, okay, this is so far really good. So I continued with the manga and honestly, let me tell you, the Christmas arc was actually really good. Now, I can't actually wait to see it in action because I think that you know the Christmas arc was something pretty awesome. Like the characters that were there, like for example, um, Hakai and uh, Yuzua and I forgot Taiju? Was the name Taiju? So these guys were really cool and you could actually feel their pain, you could feel like there's an actual story to be had here. There was so much that I enjoyed in that particular arc. And when it came to you know the fight and stuff like that, it was actually really well done. The whole story, the whole twist. And unlike, you know, the other times where there were like so many twists that you were like, ugh, be done with it. This time it was like, oh wow, really? <laughs> it actually caught me by surprise. And honestly, everything was so good. When you see Draken and of course uh, Mikey arrive, it was so badass. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the uh, relationship that was there. And... You know, there were so many cool things about this arc. The arc really did well and continued on. And it was it was fine. I really liked it. And I think that many people will have a lot of fun with this particular arc when it gets animated. After that, of course, we had some more things that we had to attend to. Like we had the, um, I guess it was the New Year's stuff. Which was really funny, really cool to see. And I actually enjoyed it very much. I thought it was really fun. And then I guess it was the Yokohama. I think the final battle of Toman. Uh, the Yokohama group coming. And that was a weird one. Now here is where I basically start to, you know, have a few problems with the manga. Now, the Yokohama arc... The, uh, I forgot the name of that group, but that group and every revelation that came. Look, there were so many cool revelations that came from this arc that came out of nowhere. They were not like to the point I was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> but more like, okay, why? <laughs> because then there were a couple of these reveals that they were fine. You would say that, yeah, this is pretty, pretty good, normal, maybe. But at times I was like, why are you trying to connect everything with each other? That was one of the low points of it. I thought to myself, that why do you have to do this? Why do you think that is necessary? Like, you know, at one point, like, you know, after the Christmas arc where Kisaki gets thrown out, that was really cool. But then you see Kisaki still is there and it's still doing some things behind it. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll bear with that for now. And... Then it goes back to the same tropes that it had. Like Kisaki being a cheat, like um, Takemichi crying like a baby, like Mikey and Draken playing like their Goku, appearing when the fight is almost over and bringing hope and being OP. Jesus, there were so many things that kept just repeating itself and just sucked. I mean, look, the Yokohama arc started off well, continued, and when it came to the fighting and stuff like that, and this is not bearing in mind the revelations and, oh my god, the twist that they had, which made no sense. Why was this necessary? Like, killing a character just because you want to? To give shock? No, dude. Use a different one. And, you know, again, with this twist, turn, twist, turn, twist, turn, stop it. That's why I think that, you know, the manga is nowhere near the worth of 40 million copies sold. Like, nowhere near. I don't think that. But, you know, reading the Yokohama arc, then I was like, okay, I'm I'm bearing with you. Make it worth it. Then came the time they had to fight. And honestly, the fights are the high point of the manga. And the fight were, were was, like, really good. You know, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Some of the characters are getting their time to shine but as usual Takemichi gets hit multiple times can't do shit and he's just crying like hey, dude please stop you know this is one of my biggest 
things with this series. Like, okay, Takemichi is not powerful, but can't anyone teach him a few things to do? He's supposed to be the captain of the first division. He should learn a few things. And you know, the, I think there was a particular panel where he's like, yeah, I want to learn a few things. And the, you know, Chief Uyu says, okay, I'll help you, but this is not the way. But this should have been done way sooner. Like, honestly, I don't expect him to kick ass like Mikey or Draken, but I want him to at least connect a few punches here and there like he did at the Christmas um, arc. Like, at the Christmas arc, he did it. He actually hit Taiju really hard to the point that Taiju just, you know, kneeled for a second. That was badass. But then, you have the rest of them, and you're like, he's still a bitch. He still can't do anything. He's just crying. I mean, look, Kisaki, I don't like him, but at least he knows that he cannot fight, so he stays away. For Takemichi, he loves to get hurt. It's like a masochism kind of thing. He just goes in and gets, okay, hit me. Hit me as hard as you can. Why, bro? Either learn how to fight or don't fight. You don't need to. And look, I understand that the, the point of it was that, you know, so he could inspire everyone. I get that. But... Again, doing these tropes again and again, like repeating them, does not help. Like repeating them so that you hope that Mikey and Draken would come. Like repeating them getting Takemichi's ass kicked so that everybody else would be like, yeah, we are now so energized to fight. These kinds of tropes get tired. Stop it. This is not something that is innovative at this point, it's just too much. And the thing is, when you say that this is the final fight of Toman, when you hype it up, when the fight is actually good, you see the characters doing their best, you see some stupid revelations that make no sense whatsoever, but they are there because they have to be, you're like, okay, this feels like this is getting to the end. Good, finally. Because when you have a story that is about time travel, there is not a lot of give. You think it's a good idea to make time travel, but this is kind of a kind of a thing that you know on paper it looks good. In actuality, it's very difficult to get right. Very difficult. It has a lot of problems, and with Tokyo Revengers, there's like lots of issues here and there. They just stay there with you, and you're like, God, why? And then you know, of course, the fight continues and. Mikey and Draken come. More revelation, as always. And things that make no sense. Things that... Look, some things made sense previously. Some things we were like, fine. I will accept it for now. Like, you know, that guy who you know, killed Mikey's brother and was like, no, it's Mikey's fault. Why? Exactly. I mean, you could get an argument, but still, it's it doesn't make absolute sense. Then you get to this stupid point. Ouch. It doesn't make any sense in Yokohama arc. Like, you know, saying, you know, I'm your brother. I will come with you. I will protect you. Then say, yeah, kill the bitch. Why? Or, oh no, I have another brother? That will take over from me? I hate you all. Look, to some point, that is understandable. I get it. But then again, it's just understandable. Not like sensible, not like, you know, this is fine kind of thing. More like, oh crap, why? <laughs> because then with the Christmas arc, it was actually the peak, I think, where the story was actually good. Made sense, emotionally, logically, and it was good. But then came Yokohama. Ay, 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 ay. So many twists and turns because it has to have them. It's good. Why exactly? Uh, you know, uh, my god. Look, the action's good, but when the story doesn't make any sense at a time, why? <laughs> why would you? And there were so many times I was just like, God, please end. How much longer for this arc? And it was just stupid. And the fights came. And then, again, another twist out of nowhere that was not even set up before. And suddenly, yeah, I'm supposed to feel sad for this guy. Hmm, should I? Maybe, but I won't. <laughs> Where did this twist even come from? My god, there was so much that was wrong with it. And then it ends. And then Mikey's like, 
guys. We merge with these guys. And of course, of course, you get, you know, uh, uh, what was her name? Hina talking to these guys about the future. And, you know, she finds out about the future. And it just gets so convoluted. And then, you know, they understand. They're like, okay, fine. Tomon is disband. Now move on to the future. We are no longer here. It's done. I was like, okay. So, I get it why you're doing this. It makes sense. And honestly, this is probably the only way. And oh, yeah, of course, you know, Kisaki dies. <laughs> and that dip was actually handled kind of weirdly. Like, before I get to Toman, actually, I, I forgot to talk about this. When it comes to the death of Kisaki, like, okay, Kisaki and everything that he does, uh, you know, to that point, I would say that everything that they say, it felt like, yeah, he is a time leaper. But then suddenly, like, saying, no, I'm not a time leaper. And saying, what? And Kisaki acts like, oh, you're a time leaper. Saying it in a way that he knows. Like, how do you know, bro? You're not a time leaper. How do you know? <laughs> and then suddenly he says, yeah, not a time leaper. What? Then why did you say you knew? Like, God. Look, and when it comes to that, honestly, every single character by now should have known that this guy is a time leaper. Because of the way he acts and does things. It should have been obvious. But then, then, does <laughs> it, all of these points just come up one after the other. Then, you know, he dies with no reason. And then again, with twists, turns. Ugh. It's so bad. And then you come close to chapter 190. Where he goes back to the future, everything's fixed. And you're like, yay. This is probably the ending. And you see, oh crap, Mike is not here. Fuck. This is going to continue. And yes, it is. For some reason. God knows why. Suddenly, Mike is like, I'm a bad guy now. Dude! Just finish it. And I know that if they had finished it by then, like, if uh, the manga cut was like, yeah, I want to finish it, I would have been like, yeah, there are still unanswered questions. But because of the way you wrote it, I don't give a crap about it anymore. Just finish it. Just let it die. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Because, you know, at one point you're just like, look, this series has gone on long enough. And the thing is that it's obvious they don't have much of a story left to say. There were times that in the manga that it was like, yeah, the story gets darker, it gets worse, there are some things that happen and you know obviously yeah then you're like probably like you know at one point Kisaki actually kills Naoto and that's the darkest it gets you see Draken in the future they talk to Draken a little more you understand why Draken was in the um, prison you get to understand a little bit more about you know uh, you know basically uh, what was his name? Takemichi and what he did in the future, which was actually really dark. And this is actually part of the Christmas story, which actually was really cool now that I think about it. It gets even better. But other than that, you know, you, you keep going to the future, you see these things happen, you see these characters, you see these revelations about them. Look, I get it. But finish it. Alright? I mean, at one point, look, I understand he wants to keep the reader entertained, but getting twists out of nowhere again and again revelations that make no sense whatsoever revelations that will make sense but they are there so that you can probably feel sorry there's a difference there's a difference why something like demon slayer worked and tokyo revengers won't work i don't care about the sales because i think that this is probably the hype and i don't know where this hype even came from but the thing is something like demon slayer had a great main character who actually grew, who actually became stronger, who was not a crybaby, improved, and we didn't have twists and turns at, like every five minutes. We actually had twists that were meaningful, revelations about the character that made them actually, you know, something that you could understand, something that would be better, and you would be like, oh my god, this character, so cool, so cool, and or either you would you would hate them even more. 
sacrifices that were meaningful and things like that. I'm not saying Demon Slayer was perfect, no, but still it did so many things correctly. For example, you know, something else like, I don't know, like, because I kept thinking about Dragon Ball when I saw Tokyo Revengers because of the, you know, how every time the hero comes at the end, I would say that, okay, even Dragon Ball was like, okay, this is the fight, these are the characters and their backstory. You either care about the villain or you don't. I'm not going to spend that much more time on it. That was it. They knew what they wanted to do. Tokyo Revengers is like, okay, my main hero sucks. Is a crybaby, doesn't do anything good. He did once, and maybe he would have been a better hero, but I decided not to. He still sucks, he's still an idiot. And then he's like, okay, I have my main powerful heroes who are over there, and their side characters that are far more interesting than the main hero and his crybaby antics. I would do it like that, and. Ay, 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 ugh. And the plot holes. You tell Naoto you came from the future and he forgets? And then he's like, yeah, I remember. And he doesn't know about the handshake that Mikey does. My god. <laughs> so many things wrong with it. There's just so many things that this series wants to do, wants to be good at, but cannot do. It's At one point you're just like, dude, stop trying. You don't need to have revelations that last only one chapter and don't make that much of a difference on me feeling sad for a character or happy for a character. You find the worst kind of motivation to put for your character. I'm not saying that, for example, I can do better than that, but as a writer, I actually know that if you cannot do it, you better don't do it, because it's just gonna waste the time of your reader. But then, of course, they have to do it. Some crazy things happen, which make no sense whatsoever. And yeah, there were some things that happened in the other past where basically Mikey kills everyone and you're still like, why? And then you get to this one where Mikey kills Takemichi. And then Takemichi's like, you just gotta say you need help. The guy has been shot three times. How is he still breathing, let alone walking and grabbing someone from it? high place that they were falling like oh my god who writes these things who comes up with them like i my god i i just basically you know i don't know i don't know i'm just you know confused at this point because of how they uh made this i mean i am not really excited anymore because then we have this newest chapter where, again, so many things don't make sense. Takemichi decides to join a new gang. Dragon has joined a new gang. And this is all in the past, by the way, because he came back and Mikey could send him to the back for some reason. And there are three more gangs now. One of them actually, you know, is called... The leader is called South, who looks very much like Taiju. It's, of course, is much more stable than Taiju. But... There's a new character who is probably the leader, she's a girl, and goes out with Takemichi, and I'm like, Takemichi, you love Hinata, why are you going out with this guy? Hi. Then the fights happen, then Mikey comes, Mikey kicks everyone's ass, almost kills Takemichi, and now Takemichi's like, I'm going to stop Mikey. Probably, now they're going to form a new group called Tokyo Revengers, instead of, you know, Tokyo Manjis. And then go after Mikey and be like, Mikey, we're going to save you too. <laughs> this is not... Look, I get it that in his mind, he's probably thinking, this is a great idea. Woo, this is so good. We are doing so well. I'm going to do this. Ugh. I mean, I don't know what his target goals, whatever, are right now. But I would say that he just has no clue what he's doing. He's just like, yeah, let's just do it. This works. <laughs> well, I mean, it really is not good. Not good. I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm no longer excited for it that much. I mean, I understand the manga. I like it. I would read it just to see how it would end. But at this point... It's just too long. Just finish it. It's a time-traveling story. You already got what you wanted. 
going out of your way to create a new problem just to say that yeah this can work now we are doing really well now this guy is with this guy no 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 finish the damn thing you had the perfect chance to finish it in the best way possible with the best ending doing it like this ends only in two ways one it will be even a more bleak future where they cannot do anything with it two you get a perfect ending but you already had one what's your point then comes of course the fact that oh, look there are so many problems i just want to talk about like for example why why like did by the way i forgot to say this if you're here up until now and you didn't read the manga or you're just looking for spoilers if you didn't read it you already know why kiseki wanted to kill hina if you didn't you're probably gonna get spoiled but you know here's why he was rejected by hina because back when they were a kid you know takemichi came out of nowhere saved her and went away so hina actually fell in love with this guy and kisaki being the genius that he supposedly is thinks that oh she likes delinquent so i should be the top delinquent so she would fall in love with me dude what the hell and when he gets rejected he kills her <laughs> and we still have no answer as to what he wanted to say we still have no answer as to why they wanted to kill Takemichi and Naoto in the first place we have no idea why they wanted to do it the second time so many questions left unanswered and probably it was because you know Kisaki the answers all come down to Kisaki look Tokyo Revengers is a series with so many flaws it doesn't have a set villain it doesn't have a set uh, story that wants to do it gets twists and turns out of nowhere for just a shock value getting revelations about the past that again are just shock value so many problems with this series is it perfect to sell this much no is it that good to sell 40 million copies no I have no idea how it did it should I be happy for the mangaka I don't know, but I would say that, dude, after the Christmas arc, you just went downhill. You had the perfect ending. You had the perfect moment to just say, guys, we are done. This is the ending. Bye. You said, oh, I have the perfect ending? Hell no. Let's get into it. Weirder one. It just sucks. Like I say, it, it could have been far, far better. But this is, like, not what I expected. And honestly, after finishing it, I just wanted to see if, you know, better and better, but no, 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 they just kept going this way, and it just kept getting weirder and weirder. I really hope that he can get to a good ending, but the thing is, regardless of that, the way we got there, it was not satisfying. And I don't know how he's gonna do it, because, you know, regardless of the ending, what it is, how good it is, even if it's the best ending. Still, the path that you chose, buddy, it was weird. It was like going mid, then going higher, higher, higher. Whee! Falling down. Oh, no, no, no. Let's go back up, back up. Good, 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 good. Very good, very good. And suddenly, nosedive. Dang. Then, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Oh, yeah. We're reaching the best part. Now, this is good. We can finish it here. This is the best place. Nope. Nosedive. Then again, oh, new arc, new enemies, new things. I don't care about. I don't care about these enemies. I don't care about these bosses. Why are they here? Because I want there to be mid, 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 mid. Low. Not a good path, buddy. Not a good path. Sorry to talk about it for this long. Uh, I hope that um, you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you guys. Um, I don't know if tell me what you guys think about Tokyo Revengers. I don't want to say if you should agree with me or not. I just want to know what you guys think. Do you think it's a good series? Does it deserve to sell 40 million copies? What do you guys think? Because I am absolutely curious to see what you guys think about and you know how good or bad it is. You know, honestly, just just you know, let's see what everyone thinks. I'm very curious. Thank you for joining. Um, the first episode of the year and the first episode of Anime Talk Season 2 
episode 1. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll see you guys next time um, on Throwback Reviews. I don't know which game I'm going to choose, but I'll choose something. <laughs> because honestly, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts, and I don't want to review Kingdom Hearts until I played all of it. So, yeah, let's wait for that one. But for now, thank you guys for joining, and um, as always, if you enjoyed it, like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, guys, see you very soon.